This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA Exam Prep Program. The TSM NCA Prep Program offers internationally trained lawyers courses taught by practicing lawyers in Canada, expertly designed study guides, exclusive networking opportunities with top Canadian law firms, and employability sessions arming you with all the tools you need in order to hit the ground running in your pursuit to practicing law in Canada. To find out more about the program, you can email ncaprep at torontosom.ca. aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada, taking a snapshot of the person behind the professional title. I'm your host, Anton Haswell, and this is Episode 6 of our National Committee on Accreditation Journey series. This NCA series will focus on individuals who have already or are currently undertaking the accreditation journey in Canada, as well as key stakeholders across the NCA journey spectrum. We will uncover motivations, anxieties, failures, and triumphs in an aim to showcase the wide-ranging experiences many people face when looking to become a lawyer in Canada. Our sixth guest in this series is Mark Kalini. Mark completed his undergraduate degree in psychology at Western University in London, Ontario. In his final semester of undergrad, Mark decided to pursue a two-year accelerated law degree in the UK. Mark took a gap year between his first and second year of law school and worked for a law firm specializing in corporate law, namely M&A. Through that experience and conversations with Canadian and UK corporate lawyers, Mark was given the idea to undertake an MBA subsequent to completing his law degree. Mark completed his law degree in July of 2020 and is currently studying for his NCA exams while tackling an MBA. Hi, Mark. Hey, Anton. How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. It's been a long time. It's been a while for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For listeners, obviously every listener wouldn't know. Mark and I have a bit of a history. Um, While I was working at the University of Law, um, representing the ULaw in Canada, Mark was one of my very first students that I helped get to the University of Law and tried to to counsel on the NCA process and things like that. So when that question comes up, Mark, you were advised um, in such a way that you knew everything and there was no concerns, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think we're all aware that the NCA is a beast that nobody can truly um, be ready for and prepare for. But I mean, I always start these things, Mark, by um, by asking where you're from, um, what inspired you to want to study law, and in this case, why did you choose to study law in the UK? Yeah, so I am from London, Ontario, and um, my journey to law is, I assume it's different than uh, most lawyers because I was actually doing my undergrad in psychology. And I come from a family or a background of, you know, medical professionals, engineers. So law was never really in the mix for us or it was never um, at the forefront, never really uh, thought about it. Mm -hmm. So as I said, I was uh, 
doing my undergrad in psychology. And, you know, year one passes, still don't know what I want to do. Year two passes, three, and then suddenly we're at four. You know, it just flies by. And um, I had an elective and I thought, you know what, let's try something new. So there was this new class that came out. It was titled Psych and Law. So took the class, absolutely loved it. Um, When I would study for it, I mean, like I would feel as if I was taking a break or (laughs) I was taking a breath of fresh air or something. So um, I liked it. Um, So I thought, you know what, why don't we kind of, why don't we kind of reorient ourselves and, you know, maybe look elsewhere. So I thought about law and I was uh, lucky enough to actually have had some friends that graduated from UK law schools as well. And they're Mm -hmm. currently working here. Um, So they went through the process. Um, So I called um, a couple of them up and spoke to them about it. You know, I got their thoughts on it. You know, I'm coming from a psych background. How will that affect me? Will it help me? Do you think I can go through with it? Because I really had no clue what to expect. So mm-hmm. they were uh, extremely helpful and they encouraged me to go through with it. Um, so I ended up applying, actually. Uh, applied to UK law schools, applied to Australian law schools. And... Um, yeah, I decided to go abroad because, as I said, my decision to uh, undertake law was um, in my fourth year. Yeah. So if I wanted to remain in Canada, as you know, you have to go through the LSAT, you have to study for it, applications. So I would have had to wait um, another year. Yeah, at least. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wasn't willing uh, to do that. And also the prospect of finishing my degree in two years was uh, extremely attractive. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what, why not? And I mean, the cherry on top is that I had, uh, I have family in the UK. So that was, uh, that was definitely helpful and made the option more attractive. True. Nice. That sounds good, Mark. Uh, I know you were talking, you were, taking psychology um i did that too in first year at u of t um and it was a i mean i for some reason i had like this allergy to science back then and they had labs <laughs> they had labs and stuff and i was just like this is this is too much uh so i i went on to do uh history and then specialize in history of religions so <laughs> like you you get to fourth year and you're like all right you know, the, that was fun and everything. Um, but now what am I going to do? Like, you have to start yeah. figuring things out. And I, I mean, just like you, like domestic law school, you always hear is the ideal. Um, that's what you should be doing, uh, ideally, because, you know, people tell you that it's easier to find work afterwards. Um, but I think that stigma is slowly but surely leaving Canada as more internationally trained lawyers get called to the bar in Canada than domestically trained now anyway. Um, but anyway, so uh, I decided last minute, like you, I didn't want to wait another year. And like, you know, you take the LSATs, there's no guarantees, first of all. Like that's, I mean, it's at least another year. It could be another two if you have to re- do a retake of an LSAT or something. So uh, I applied to U Law in, 
I think April and accepted the offer in May and then was there starting in class in September. So it was really quick. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, that's really interesting. So let's talk a little bit about what your experience was like in the UK and studying law. I get a lot of questions. I actually had one last week about, you know, is it easier? Um, is that why people go? Like, what's it like studying law? What's the grading like? I mean, we don't have to get into all of that, but just generally, how was your experience in the UK and what was it like studying law there? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And you're right. Um, a lot of people's initial thought is, you know what, you went to the UK because it's easier. Mm -hmm. You went to the UK because you couldn't get in here which I'm sure is the case for some of us, but definitely not all of us, right? Right. Um, and I was actually reading a few weeks ago, and this one internationally trained lawyer said, um, you know, when firms are reluctant to hire me, um, something I always tend to ask them is, well, what are Canadian law grads capable of doing that I'm not? So that was actually um, a very insightful statement because when I arrived uh, at UK Law, the first thing they said was, hey, um, you know, you get to write one exam and that's 100% of your grade. Right. You know? So that was stressful because as far as I'm aware here, that's not how the system goes. Maybe for a couple classes, but it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's just not their norm. Yeah. Um, so um, that was the first thing that we were uh, hit with. And That's then tough. I know. Like you study for 15 weeks, basically. Um, you study multiple modules at the same time for 15 weeks. And then it all comes down to three hour window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, maybe you're having a bad day. Uh, you know, somebody, yeah. somebody flips you off on the street just before you get to the exam room. Like, you know, it's not, it's not easy to be 100% for all of those exams. So that's, I mean, that's just in and of itself, you know, something that, you know, you have to, you have to deal with and manage that is different than a Canadian law grad. And what else, like, um, in terms of, I mean, when I found, I found when I was in the UK that um, I think people assume, oh man, it's just like a big three-year trip you're taking or a two-year trip. What an amazing experience. Like you must've traveled and it would have been, you know, they just picture you sort of in pubs <laughs> la laughing it up with a bunch of Brits. But really, I mean, although they speak English in the UK and even in Australia, I've heard um, some students go to Australia, the culture change is there and you're not with your family and you have to kind yeah. of start building a network separate from Canada and what what was that like like how did you marry the two how did you get through your your legal studies but at the same time carve out this like sort of pseudo new life for yourself yeah yeah that's a, a solid question because that's something I quickly recognized while I was there is hey you're alone um um, like I was alone to an extent. I mean, I had, uh, as I said, my family there and uh, my cousins worked in like the London area. So we would always meet up. But honestly, if it weren't for them, I don't think I would have gotten through it. Because right. as you said, you need to develop your own network. You need to find a way to survive. And also, yeah, you're there and 
you'd like to travel, you'd like to, you know, do some sightseeing. So that all takes time management. You know, if I got into Western here or if I got into whatever Canadian university, I mean, I don't care about sightseeing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm from here. Time management won't be as much of an issue. So that's actually something that I developed. You know, now you got to, you know, go out and shop for yourself and, you know, cook your own meals while studying. I'm sure some of our listeners already do that. But for those who are spoiled like myself, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that was, that was a bit of a uh, transition. So something else I did was um, I made sure that I would join societies and clubs because as you said, that network is imperative to your studying. And I, I quickly realized that I, I can't just be, you know, focused solely on studying 24 seven. I need to build um, a network and I need a support system in order to help get me through this Mm -hmm. yeah i found the same like the first three months for me were difficult and i did kind of insulate a little bit Uh, i mean i was living in a dorm room with a bunch of people from all over the world so like my roommate was a computer science guy from mexico Uh, and i mean you just get to throw yourself into a situation you're like wow you know okay i'm in law school okay i'm living here what you know, I took my head was spinning for a little bit anyway, but then yeah. eventually you're right. I think you, you find your footing and I don't know what happens. So you just kind of wake up one day and you start, I don't know, like for me anyway, it was just a bit of a light switch um, went on and it was just getting involved. Yeah. So I agree, getting involved in things and giving yourself some positive distraction is important. Um, no matter where you're studying law, I think it can get really mundane and stressful. So it's good to get with other people and um, you know, people who are as ambitious as you are and you can meet new people and new friends and things like that. So I think um, that's how you do it really. If you go abroad for law, you have to um, treat it as a job, but at the same time also acknowledge that it's a life experience you'll never really replicate. So taking advantage of it and, uh, and finding your footing as soon as you can. And and I think some institutions do it better than others as well by involving students from the start. But um, I think just, just if you, if you acknowledge that yourself and you know that yourself before you go, then that's a huge step. So you um, you're on, you finish U law, let's say uh, university of law in London, you um, your transcripts, you know, go to the NCA or they, they will go to the NCA or like, how did you find out about the NCA process? And um, what are you doing right now in order to prepare for the, the inevitable exams and things like that that you're going to have to go through? Yeah. So as I said um, earlier on, uh, while I was um, undertaking my psych degree, I called two of my friends who graduated from um, UK law schools, and they kind of walk me through the process from, you know, application all the way until the bar. So I was fortunate in that sense where um, I had a warning, I had expectations. Yeah. Um, so that actually made the NCA process less daunting. And I can't even say that it was daunting. Um, I think they did like a really good job of calming me down. Hey, these are the five core. Yeah. Uh, everyone has to write these. 
um, they're not bad. You know, when I go online, I see like all these, you know, horror stories of, oh, this is brutal. This is like, what's going on? Yeah. So, so if I was in their shoes, I mean, I would have had that same thought process. But again, from the beginning, they said, you know, these are the exams you have to take. They're like law school exams here. If you can write UK law exams, you can certainly write and be successful in these exams here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that actually made the thought of transitioning um, to Canada a thought of you know ease and that it's totally doable. Um, mm-hmm. But with regards to where I'm at right now, as you said, yeah, I just got my uh, transcripts sent over to the NCA. And um, I'm currently doing an MBA, so I can't say I have time off, but <laughs> right. um, I'm going to start studying for the NCA exams, hopefully within uh, a couple weeks. That's cool. And, so uh, where are you, where are you yeah. taking, uh, like, uh, what was the, I guess two questions. What was the um, motivation behind taking an MBA? Like, did, was that fueled by some of the courses you took in law school and you want to pair the degree with your law degree or, uh, or what? And then number two, where at? Where are you taking your MBA? And what's that like now in COVID? Like, is it all online or? Yeah, so, so going back to your first question, um, I actually took a gap year between my first year and second year. Mm-hmm. And um, with that, I had the privilege of working for a corporate law firm. So that was really um, my first experience at like, uh, commercial you know, law. yeah, yeah, yeah. Corporate commercial for, you know, for about a year. Um, so while working there, I enjoyed it. And um I never really thought of corporate law before. I thought that I wanted to go into family law or maybe employment law. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually enjoyed that experience. Um, and, you know, once I came close to graduation, I actually ran into another person who graduated from UK law school. They're from Mississauga. Mm-hmm. And he actually did his MBA and he's actually doing his PhD right now. Wow. Wow. In law, yeah. So he's uh, really setting the bar high. <laughs> um, so he said, look, if you want to, you know, come here and put your foot in the door in like a corporate law for, firm, excuse me, or maybe work in-house, I think an MBA would be a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, UK law schools, you know, offer MBAs for like a fraction of the price that... Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Canadian, yeah right so he kind of encouraged me and led me down that path and said you can take it part-time uh while studying for the ncas while articling while working mm-hmm. um so if it weren't for him actually i don't think i would have went down that route um with regards to where I'm studying, I'm studying with the University of Manchester or Manchester Metropolitan. And yeah, because of COVID, uh, I decided that it's just going to be online. Yeah. Um, there was the option of going in class, but I thought, you know what, everything's online anyways. Yeah. So why not stick to online? Well, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, I think that makes sense too. like pairing a law degree 
if you're looking at heading into corporate commercial with an MBA is great, but also at the same time, I mean, how many doors are open with, with a law degree? Quite a few. I mean, it's a transferable degree. You have transferable skills. Um, but pair that with an MBA, and then all of a sudden you become a pretty, pretty good commodity, right? To like, you know, practicing law, obviously, but also working in business um, for who knows, you know, multinational companies, who, who knows? So that, that's great, Mark. Um, and so when you complete your MBA and let's say you're, you're also, because you have the opportunity to do it online, you can also simultaneously study for your NCAs. Let's fast forward 12 months. Um, your MBA is almost done, or I don't know the timeline there, but then also your NCAs are done, let's say, okay? So what are your future aspirations? Like, have you given yourself an opportunity to think that far ahead yet? Or are you going to take it step by step, day by day? What, what, do you, what would you like to see yourself doing or um, thinking of doing in, let's say, 12 to 18 months from now? Yeah, I would, I would love to work um, as in-house counsel for, you know, whatever company. Um, I think that would be a great experience, but I know that, you know, there are a lot of law grads and maybe there aren't as many, um, law positions. So I'm flexible as long as it's in the corporate commercial realm. Um, but again, in-house would be, would be my, uh, preference. Right. And I guess, um, part of what you need to do, I suppose, is start thinking about if that's, I mean, this is the benefit of me having all these conversations, Mark, is that I'm learning what other people, you know, have done and or are suggesting. And uh, if you want a free bit of advice, <laughs> not like you need it, and I'm sure you have already been thinking about it, but, and it's difficult, I suppose, with COVID and everything's online, but obviously continuing to build your networks um, LinkedIn is amazing. Uh, there's all kinds of people, especially internationally trained lawyers who are working in-house. Um, so that's another opportunity. And I do believe the LPP program as an alternative to articling offers some in-house volunteering opportunities. Some of them are paid and some of them aren't, right? With the LPP and the experiential um, in-person um, training part of their program. But um, I think there's some opportunities to be working in-house there if you kind of put your name down for that. Um, so there's, there's a couple of things to consider. And um, so I guess those are your future aspirations. Great. Um, we've gone through a few tips and hints for people thinking about studying law abroad, but I'm interested, and, and you're kind of going through it. I mean, this is another unique perspective, but you had the benefit of having friends who have gone through the process and, you know, an amazing advisor who was working at the university of law at the time. (laughs) Um, But what about people who don't have that? Like what advice would you give to somebody who is a classmate of yours, who's doing this on a whim or doesn't have the benefit of having the network around them? What advice do you have for them upon their return to Canada? Like what should people prepare for? Uh, and how much time should they give themselves to do that? Yeah, um, you actually touched on it by saying, mm-hmm. you know, networking is invaluable. Right. And I didn't realize this uh, until, you know, I 
um, kind of went through law school, but you know, law is a networking world and you need to network as much as possible. And there are a lot of people out there, a lot of very, you know, prominent lawyers or, you know, partners and firms who are actually willing to give their time and networking is, or sorry, um, LinkedIn is, you know, the main way that I do that, I'll just shoot people a message and, you know, ask to have a phone call with them, get their experiences. So, so for someone going to England, I'd say two things. Number one is networking and, you know, shoot people a few messages and tell them this is kind of your intended route and see what kind of feedback they can give you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number two is I know that the UK offers a very attractive two year um, program, but actually I would say if possible, um, you know, study for a year and then take a year off and try and get work experience because something that the legal profession um, struggles to do or doesn't do actually is they don't really expose um, all the fields of law in a practical sense. Yes, you learn about most of them in law school, but not like medical school per se where you know they have clinicals and they go to different rotations different specialties and that's part of the program so i'm i'm saying if you're going to undertake a two-year law degree kind of make that rotation for yourself so that once you do graduate or finish your second year you can speak to employers and say hey you know what i do have some experience here um you know I could, it could help, or maybe I could be an asset, or at least I'm familiar with what's going on. Um, yeah. So that's something that I would touch on. Uh, although hey, I assume I was, if people, yeah. Sorry for interrupting, Mark, but I think um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because there is an attractive two-year law degree, and it is, you know, if you do it in two years, you cost it out. It's generally speaking cheaper than Canadian law school. And those are right. two factors that are kind of, I mean, you know it, I know it, we've been through it. We've, we've heard the sales pitches from institutions. Those are kind of sales things that are thrown in your face saying it's cheaper and quicker. Boom, you know, let's do it. But yeah. it's sort of like, um, what are you rushing for? You know, like um, in some respects, if this is something that you consider to be your career, something that's going to be decades um, long, then taking your time and doing it in a methodical way and approaching it um, in a bit of a different way other than hurry up, rush through it, and then what? Wait, because you have to do the NCAs and then you have to be able to become a marketable commodity to law firms, right? So it's important to think about, you know, if you can't take a gap year, fine, but do something over the summers, right? Or if you're in the UK and you can't do anything in Canada, then look to try to get some work experience or something in the UK. Uh, do, you know, I think that is important. Building your resume all the time is a great, is a great piece of advice. Absolutely. And so, uh, Mark, I really appreciate the time that uh, you've lent to me on a Labor Day Monday. Um, but My pleasure. <laughs> there's, there's one thing um, for the listeners. I, know, I do send over some talking points to every speaker. Um, and as the podcast grows, I think this will be less of a surprise question <laughs> moving forward. But um, 
given all that we've discussed in your personal experiences and where you're at now, um, I'd like to close by asking you, would you do it again? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would because you know what, if it weren't for that uh, process, if it weren't for that journey, one, I don't think I would have uh, visited England. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. True. And two, actually, it really, it really builds you up as a person. It helps you realize your strengths, weaknesses. It allows you to have more confidence in yourself and in your abilities. And you know what? Like touring the world or going to Europe to study um, law is, I don't think, something that a lot of people can say they've done. So. Um, it is a blessing and it is a privilege and uh, I would absolutely do it again. Amazing. Yeah. I think I feel the same way. Mark. Obviously you look back and you say, uh, I would have done that a little bit differently. Or if I had known, I would have maybe done this and that, but I think um, it is rewarding, right? When you look back and you say, I did that, you know, I, I've accomplished right. it and um, it's an experience that uh, you'll, you'll take on and it'll help shape your your future career and your, the decisions you make and, and the friends you keep and the networks that you build. So uh, I totally agree. And it's good to hear that, Mark, because there are some people who, who really pause and struggle with that question, believe it or not. You know, like it's, um, it's something, I guess, because we're all in different stages of this process. Um, some people have the benefit of more hindsight and some people have the benefit of less. So they're a little, little bit more unnerved about the whole thing. But uh, it's good. It sounds like you're really settled. Um, you know, there were times in the past that we'd speak and there'd be a bit of stress involved, <laughs> yeah. um, but you get, you kind of, I think that's, you know, builds a bit of character and a bit of thick skin when it comes to rolling with the punches and dealing with difficult, uh, difficult times. So um, it's glad I'm, I'm happy to hear that you sound really settled, motivated and uh, forward thinking. That's great. Certainly. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, thanks for this, Mark. And uh, we, we might do another podcast in, let's say, a year's time to, to see how the NCAs have gone. Absolutely. I would love that. And that does it for episode six of this NCA series and A Shot of Life Canada. I'd like to thank Mark again for taking time. We spoke on Canada's Labor Day Monday. So uh, for him to take some time out and speak with me and, and hopefully help our listeners get a little bit more perspective on the NCAA journey, um, obviously really appreciate it, Mark. Thanks. Uh, so I guess my takeaway from this episode would be that, again, there's no one way to tackle this, this NCA journey. Mark completed his law degree. He also took a gap year, which I think is something that a lot of people can hear, um, that you don't have to uh, sprint through your law degree and sprint through the NCAs. I know uh, in episode five, we were talking to Bhavna, who's who's undertaking the NCAs one at a time. Uh, Mark taking a gap year for work experience was something I really found interesting. And again, highlights the importance of thinking about your, your journey to an ultimate career in Canada as a lawyer um, in a more nuanced way than just completing NCA exams. Mark um, found out what he was really interested in by 
participating in, in volunteering in a corporate firm. And uh, now he's supplementing his law degree with an MBA. And obviously, we wish him good luck and uh, look forward to catching up with him in a year's time to see how the NCA has gone and, and how that MBA has helped complement his, um, his pursuit to law. And uh, on that note, we'll talk again soon.